Do you like this show and you want to help support us? Do you want extra episodes every month? Do you want ad-free versions of the show? Then you should sign up over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro, and you'll get your very own RSS feed to put into whatever your podcatcher of choice is, and you'll be first in line for all extra content. So head on over and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. for another episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. My name is Derek Diamond. And we have a very special returning guest tonight. Hasn't been here in 170 episodes. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Last time you were here, we did episode 100. And uh, it's Mr. Scott Johnson, Mr. Frog Pants himself. Hey, it's good to be here. And that's a long time. I didn't realize it had been that many episodes, which says two things. One, that's a long time. And two, you guys are very consistent. Yes. Uh, with regular episodes. A nice job. Uh, last time you were here, we talked about uh, the video game crash of the uh, the 80s, which you were, you were, uh, it, it happened to you tangentially because your dad was really heavily into uh, arcade games back then. Yeah. It basically wiped us out. We had a, we had a business going. He was, uh, he had multiple arcades in town and, um, you know, all kinds of deals all over the place. And uh, the video game crash of 85 or so, 84, 85, was a uh, death blow to that company and uh, pretty much lost all of it. But it uh, brought in a whole new era of home consoles and (laughs) and nobody going to arcades anymore for at least for a while. And um, your dad didn't invest in a Nintendo at the time. I know, right? (laughs) I don't know if I told you guys this story back then, but uh, he was he had designed a full size cabinet like an arcade cabinet that you would sit in almost like a plane module like it would shut you in and you would you know play whatever game it was and it was like unlike anything anybody had seen you gotta understand like 83 84 the craziest cabinets were like tron discs of tron or something where it had a little bit of weirdness going on for the most part you know arcade machines were all sort of the same stand-up sort of thing with the controls out front and the marquee up top and all that and uh, then the whole thing crashed. You had no money. It all went away. And about a year later, Sega put out their first version of, uh, I can't remember which game it was, but they basically had a hydraulic rolling you oh, know, yeah. cabinet, like the kind he had, that he had designed. And oh, man, that was a serious bummer. We were like Afterburner or something. I think it was Afterburner 1, actually. I think you're right. It might have been, um, what's the one where you run forward and shoot stuff and your little dude jumps around? Oh, uh, well, what was that? wrong with my brain that game space harrier that's oh it. yeah 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 space here i like space it might have been space harrier because uh, they also had a little uh, a weird rolling cabinet for that but but yeah he had just missed that stuff by like a hair so wow what are you gonna do but uh one of the big reasons i want to have you on the show is because uh, i've been listening to you since like 2006 i think i uh, started listening to the instance and uh because you're so heavily into uh, you know video games like that you know it's part of your of who you are is you you know you love video games you do video game podcasts you just started a show called Play Retro mm-hmm. uh, which is a retro gaming show much like this one and I have to ask why did it take you so long to do a retro gaming show <laughs> <laughs> well I'd been talking about it for years and years and years and 
um, it just never was like, was there time to do it right? Well, we'd have to move some stuff around or I have to cancel something or whatever. Like we just never could seem to squeeze in this thing edgewise and myself and, and specifically my cohort, Brian Dunaway, super into retro, love old games, love talking about them. So we were always kind of, you know, in this mode of like, well, when there's a, when there's an opening, let's do this. And we finally decided to make our own opening. We're like, hey, look, we've got this other show where we just talk about indies all day. Um, that thing's like 300 plus episodes. That's a good run. Why don't we retire that thing and replace it with what we want to do with retro coverage? And so we did. And now we're, I think, 16 episodes in, 16 mm-hmm. weeks in, and and really, really having a good time with it. Um, I'm kind you know, of, it's, it, I'm, it's nice because we're getting to cover stuff that I haven't talked about or played since Oh man, in some cases since I was a kid. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of glad you had didn't do it before now because the only reason we started this show is because back in 2016 there wasn't any retro gaming shows. Mm-hmm. And I that's what I wanted to listen to so I was like, well, guess I need to make my own. And if you had been doing it back then, I'd be like, well, I don't need to make one. He's already making one. <laughs> yeah, there's a there was a little bit of a um there was a moment when we started it where we were like, all right, what is the landscape for this? Cuz part of the reason the instant succeeded at the time is nobody was doing there were one or two or three shows that were sort of Warcraft related, and none of them, no offense to any of them, were very good. They kind of annoyed me. And uh, I wanted to make my own because I didn't like it. Uh, I wasn't really thinking about cornering the market or anything. I just thought, well, if the one I want to listen to isn't here, I'll make the one I want to listen to. And so that's what I did. In this particular case, uh, we were like, we know these. there are other shows out there. All, what our plan here is to bring our voice to the space and talk about the stuff we love and bring our listeners along with us. And it's worked out really well so far. We're, we're super happy with it. Kind of got our own little tone, our own little vibe, uh, our own little focus. And uh, it's become a little bit of an obsession. I've been playing a lot of old games as a result. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what me and Derek love about this show. We get to play all the stuff that we never got to play back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and yeah, uh, luckily, that, you know, this is what me and Derek bonded over a lot, was talking about old video game stuff. Because, you know, I'm from the Atari Nintendo era and Derek came up in the the Super Nintendo N64 so it kind of meshed really well with what we wanted to do here on this show. Yeah, we just did an entire episode on um failed 3D games or 3D mascot games when the when we had that transition from 2D to 3D. So the N64 of course playing a big role in that but N64 and PS1 games are whoa man there's a real mixed bag there and some of those games are do not hold up. Some of them do. And it's interesting which ones do. It's also interesting to see how Sonic floundered and tried to figure out what it was supposed to do in the new 3D era, especially because the Saturn was like this monster 2D machine and they weren't even thinking about 3D at the time. So the, that, those kinds of discussions are you know, really fun in retrospect and, and we're, we're having a ball with it. Yeah, Derek, you've done a lot of the, the Sonic 3D stuff that we've done on this show. Yeah, and I, I'm the Sonic fanboy of the show, but I won't defend the transition to 3D because, like, some of the games story wise have been good, but gameplay is like, oof. They don't compare to those those classic Genesis games. They don't. A part of the problem, I think, was uh, Sonic in particular suffered from um, this 2D design and and momentum system. It didn't have a lot of places to go. Whatever you did, you had to make sure you were fast and it had to be 
uh, kind of chaotic and fast because in retrospect, as much as I love those 2D games, they were kind of chaotic. They were mostly about uh, getting to a certain point where you could then do a really wicked run of uh, three loops and a giant dive and then and then maybe you'd slow down to, you know, avoid some spikes or something and then you're off to the races again. And something like Mario was already methodical, a little more slow, um, a lot more slow, in fact. In fact, you know, Sega based a lot of their advertising around the idea that they were fast and Nintendo was slow. Blast processing. Um, yeah, that whole, all that. <laughs> they do yes. what Nintendo don't. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That stuff is so silly, but it's great because, you know, it created this great rivalry. But uh, I think it made it so Nintendo had room to breathe mm-hmm. and figure out where they really wanted to go with stuff and the sonic team was just like oh, we don't know we don't know what to do here yes and so Sega they went really dropped the ball in that era from you know the 32x to the the saturn and then mm-hmm. to the the dreamcast which the dreamcast should have been it should have been one of the best consoles of that generation but man they just fumbled it so badly yeah, it had potential. Yeah. I really thought that was going to be the rebirth of of all things Sega, and um, I was already kind of a Sega fanboy. But yeah, the uh, you know their inability to kind of maintain the momentum, get the third parties on board, and all of that kind of spelled the end of things. But on the other hand, you know, I there were some weird attempts in the middle, like we talked about Sonic 3D Blast. I think mm-hmm. it's called. Yeah, you remember that? That's weird. Mm-hmm. T- isometric top-down thing that kind of met halfway it's, it was like a hybrid 2d yeah 3D. and it's okay in retrospect like i played a ton of it this last week it's all right it's not you know great by any stretch but at least it felt like they were maybe saying okay well we do have to explore other methods here or else we're going to be we're going to find ourselves making 2d sonic games to, for the rest of our lives i think if they had just held out a little longer and let the 3d thing calm down some mm-hmm they would have found there's a huge fan base that were like, you know, we're happy to have you scrolling left to right. It's yeah. fine. Just keep doing that. And so they, and, and today think, they make good ones today. I don't even, think so. you can bring Sonic into a 3d world because the whole point of Sonic is going fast through all mm-hmm. the, you know, the different platforming that he does. When you try to put that, that speed into a 3d environment, that it just does not work. Yeah. They, they painted themselves into a corner and both those adventure games didn't do it for me for a lot of reasons. The main reason it didn't do it for me was the horrendous 90s voice acting <laughs> anime garbage that they inserted into that thing. Whereas Nintendo was smart. They said, look, what if Mario said, woohoo, and let's go a couple of times. And that's all the voice we give him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not going to be Chattermouth McGee. He's just going to say a couple of things here and there. Brilliant. That was a brilliant move. It was well, everything the right in the thing '90s to had to be uh, extreme and rad, dude. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, they effed up when they did that, and they shouldn't have done it. But anyway, it's a, it's just so like stuff like that. You can only this stuff's only a thing in retrospect, right? You can't think about it during the time. At the time, it was just like, oh, what's Sega doing or what's Nintendo doing? But nowadays, it's like you can see the clear path that things went and why they went the way they went. And even more so how we look back on those two consoles. And I just think there's some of the ugliest, you know, not good games. Yeah. That was a really, that was the puberty of the gaming industry. And it was an ugly time. Yeah. Zits that, and all. It's, I think that's the best analogy I've ever heard. That was the puberty of the video game <laughs> stage. Yeah. I just can't awkward, go back. You know, imp- it was important. Like these were important steps, but it was an awkward, ugly time for everybody. Such a, ha- a weird half step. Like just because of that Nintendo 64 controller alone, 
I can't. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to go back and play those games because my right thumb just wants to control a right thumbstick camera so badly, and it's just yeah. it's not there. It's not yeah. there. Yeah, and my as much brain as we can't all handle it. As much as we all like that, or at least I like the GameCube controller. I don't want to speak for anybody else, but I quite liked it. But even it had this problem of what are we doing with the right hand? Why is there not a real stick there? Why is it that funky little C button (laughs) stick thing or whatever? (laughs) So dumb. So dumb. Um, But we had you on this show tonight because we want to do our top five list. But uh, before we go into that, we usually do our news segment. Um, We're just going to do one story because this screamed you to me. And this nice. uh, this was brought to us. Uh, this story was was submitted to us by Armez Jackson. And if you have a story you'd like us to cover, send them to nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. And I know how much you love chorecore games. Love them. And I know how much love you them. hate horror games. I do. They scare me. I'm a, I'm a wuss. Well, now we have a weird hybrid of the two. From <laughs> nintendolife.com. Ravenous Devils is a psycho horror cooking simulator coming to the Switch. Oh, uh, <laughs> weird. Okay. says, quite a lot of video games are violent as we aim for headshots or pummel thugs, though Ravenous Devils still finds a way to push buttons in a different way. It's a game that describes itself as a psycho horror cooking simulator and makes sure you really deal with the violence on offer. Playing out like a grisly horror movie concept, you run a pub and tailor business in 19th century London, and due to spiraling meat and resource prices, you obtain materials through other means. The game seems to play out as a real-time resource management strategy and is undoubtedly rather gnarly. 18 plus. Gnarly. (laughs) (laughs) Nice term. I like it. So you're going to be making uh, meat pies, sausages, and steaks made out of human flesh. I'm uh, pretty sure. Give me the exact title of the game again, because I think I've seen this on Steam or something. It's called Ravenous Devils. Maybe not. I don't know before I saw. I saw something very similar to this. Maybe I'm thinking of the one that was. Uh, oh, I know what it is. I'm thinking of one where you have to run a morgue, and it's all very chorecore, like you know, the mechan- uh, car mechanic simulator style, where check the legs, look in the eyes, like it's all very mechanical. But then weird stuff happens, like a door opens you didn't expect, or you know, a worm crawls out of some dude's head, or some <laughs> the horror thing. And I was like, no, nope, no thanks, I'm good. I don't need to play this game ever. I'm not going to do it. The one you're describing though might just be weird enough of a combination that I would, I would give that a shot. I might try it. I, I I'm not saying I'd buy it, but I'd try it. <laughs> well, if, if someone buys this for you, will you stream this on your Frog Pants channel? Yes. So here's the deal. I have this rule you may be familiar with. Um, if somebody, so I don't buy, I know I don't spend hard earned money on horror games, but if someone buys me a horror game, I will play it. If it's on game pass and enough people beg me, maybe, but yeah, I ain't putting real money down. Forget it. <laughs> no Those are some of my favorite videos is watching you play games like yeah. resident, the resident evil two, uh remake which you still have to do half the game you're still not finished so well that's what john and everyone else seems to think um my my take on that is i get why they say it there's a whole other alternate playthrough with the girl some of the scenes are the same a lot of it's different i totally take their point but i feel like i you know 
I got my time out of that thing, and I'm not. I don't think I'm going back. That, those a, remakes are legit scary. They you still have freak a me. whole other storyline to go through, though. I guess so. I mean, that's what John keeps trying to tell me. Here, I'm, here's I'm the team thing, John, on this one. I'm, we we're gonna get you to do the rest of that game. Uh, story is a is a is a um, generous word, though. Don't you think? <laughs> I mean, these things are so cheeseball and lame, but I. Well, whatever they're like, I have a lot of respect for that series and scary games in general. I have a huge amount of respect because, because of what they actually do to me. But when I play, um, or when I see a scary movie, like a, a horror movie, no problem. Zero issue. Don't care. Not a big deal. I don't care if it's the scariest thing ever. Even the most disturbing things I've seen in the last few years, like, I don't know, Midsummer, hereditary or something. They're scary, but I don't care. I could be in a dark room by myself. No problem. I'm all good. What it is about video games, I don't know, man. I think it's because in movies, I have zero control over the stupid characters that do everything. And so I just know whatever's happening is happening. But when I'm in it, I'm in charge. <laughs> so I have to decide if I'm going to that room or not, or if I'm going to fight back or run away or whatever the million choices are. And I, don't, I do not like that at all. I don't like being in charge of my destiny in a video game like that. So You, you don't like yeah. uh, horror games, do you, Derek? I mean, they're not my favorite. Like, they don't particularly bother me. It's funny. I have more of the opposite view that, that you do, Scott. Like, mm. horror movies can still kind of make me squirm a little bit. Like, not as much as they did when I was younger, but I can usually play a horror game. You know, like, they're not my favorite genre, but they don't really bother me. Mm. Yeah, I think it, I mean, it probably obviously just depends on whoever. I know people that can play horror games and just kind of chuckle at them. John and my, my show core is like that. He can just... <laughs> play these things and kind of grin the whole time, but you put him in front of a real horror movie and he totally loses it. So I think I just got some kind of weird opposite problem. I don't, I don't know what's going on. I'm good on with, with both, but I think that's just probably I'm a closet psychopath or something. Yeah. You're like a crazy <laughs> well, guy who give him an ax and he'll, <laughs> he'll do stuff that you don't want him to do. So yeah. The totally only, uh, the only horror game I ever could not finish was silent Hill two. I don't know what it was about that game, but it just, it started to give me nightmares and I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> handle it anymore. I couldn't do silent Hill. Well, I don't know how, how much this story has been around, but silent Hill one, even back in the day, that crusty ass looking, terrible looking video game on an old console. <laughs> I had to play that with the lights on. And at one point I was in alternate, you know, the, the whole premise of that game uh -huh. is like, there's the world. And then there's this alternate hell world. It reminds me of like pinhead or something or, uh, What's the, what are those movies called? Can't think oh, the, uh, the oh, Hellraiser. Yeah. Hellraiser. There you go. <laughs> it's like Hellraiser where it's like a rusty, horrible version of real life. And, you know, Xenobites walking around and all that. But in this case, I was in the alternate universe in some kind of jail. I was on my own, just walking around and I heard bottles smashing somewhere nearby, not on screen. And I went, nope, that's it. I put the controller down. I reached forward and I pushed that big fat PS one button, turned it off, uh, took the disc out, laid it on the carpet, stood up, left the lights on, went upstairs, got in bed, all the lights, all the way upstairs left on. My wife comes in and goes, what's going on? And how come the dogs are barking? I go, I don't know, but I'm not going out there. You're going to have to take care of it all. And I just, I was like rolled over and that was it. I couldn't do it. And it was just a stupid freaking jittery looking garbage polygon, horrible PS one game. Yeah. And it did that to me. So, you know, imagine what something like Resident Evil 7 did to my heart and soul for the, the, the many hours I played through that. See, I couldn't play Silent Hill 2. I couldn't finish it. But I love Silent Hill, the movie. I thought yeah, the movie great. was great. 
Yeah, it was better than it should have been. I can, I can tell you that. Like that that should have been a total like, you know, Uwe Boll level garbage. And it was yeah. actually pretty good. <laughs> I could watch that movie right now. Yeah, it was all right. Don't ever watch Uwe Boll movies. If you've never seen, if anybody listened to this, don't don't watch <laughs> Uwe Boll movies. I have a friend of mine. I took him to see, uh, I asked a friend of mine, Pete, um, who's been friends with me for 20 something years now. And I begged him to go see House of the Dead with me. And oh, in the theater, man. he will not let me live it down to this day. At least weekly, he he yells at me for making him go to that movie with me. Yeah, he, you're probably not the best friend he ever had for that. <laughs> that movie was terrible. <laughs> yeah, uh, was one of the bad. worst movies ever. Yeah, but uh, before bad. we before we go into our topic for tonight, Derek, you want to do the shout outs, our Patreon shout outs. Absolutely. As always, we'd like to shout out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout out Daniel Salmon, Tyler Watson, Axblade07, Armez Jackson, Hand Solo, Carlos Longoria, a.k.a. I am the Rampage, Rampage. Steph Sergeant Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Mike Eveland, Jennifer Eveland, and Mr. Brandon Rutledge. Thank you all so much for your continued contributions to the show. And if you want to be a part of our Patreon community, you get early access to our monthly commentary tracks. Ones like X-Men, the animated series, Batman, the animated series, movies like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Clue, so many other fun commentary tracks we have in the archive. You get early access to those. And I believe for this month, the patrons decide what we're going to watch, which scares the living crap out of me. Yeah, they don't have much longer. So if you, all you patrons, go over to Patreon and let us know what you want us to do this month. Yeah, we've got I'll only like one more week and, week, and and a, week and a half left. <laughs> we've got one weekend left in the month, so you got to get cracking on that. But if you want to be a part of our awesome Patreon community, just head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And new patrons, be sure to send us your social media, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, so we can give you a proper shout out. And tonight we're talking about our top five platformers. Um, and me and Derek both have a couple of uh, uh, honorable mentions, runners up. Uh, Scott, did you have any runners up you wanted to mention before we go into the top five? Yeah, because the you know obviously we're gonna we're keeping this list in the retro zone, right? Mm-hmm. Like older mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I think it bears mentioning that. And this may not be a surprise to YouTube, but we are having a bit of a renaissance with 2D side-scrolling games. Uh, whether we're talking like complex, you know, Castlevania-style stuff, but uh, you know, retro in their both look and tone, with maybe a few modern ideas. And I feel like we're just having a moment here where there's some really good games like that. So I just wanted to put out there a 2D game you can play now that's newish, uh, that is a platformer that is a side-scroller and has a lot of Castlevania stuff in it. And it's a game that is totally metal. It's Hmm. real good called Blasphemous. Hmm. And uh, I love this game. It's a little bit uh, dark, maybe for some. I wouldn't call it scary, but dark in kind of a gothic sort of way. And uh, if you're looking for kind of a, you know, I want to feel like it used to be to play video games, but also I want to play something that was made in the last five years. um, It's one of my favorites right now. And I, I, I love it. I play it all the time. So Ooh, this I'll, g- nice, I'll give you that as a, as a, as a kind of runner up, obviously there's a million side scrolling platformers back in the day, but I thought it might be fun to drop something that they could pick up right now. This looks pretty cool. This is a, uh, reminds me of something out of silent Hill. <laughs> oh yeah. Very so that guy's he- uh, helmet thing, yeah. the big pointy helmet thing. <laughs> 
it's uh he should see you put that on himself so they have this like pixelated cutscene where he has to put that on his head you never see his face but he drops this thing down and inside it's like an iron maiden in there so it's like full of like sharp i don't know what all Ow. so he has to kind of like screw it onto his head <laughs> blood comes out of his neck and it's all it's all like penance and you know there's a, a little bit of a sort of catholicism overtone to it except it, it, it just kind of sticks with the the um i don't know the kind of uh, edge of hell kind of notions <laughs> and um it does a really really good job of maintaining that tone throughout the the entire experience it's hard to so if you're looking for that's the other reason I think it's kind of old school. It reminds me of difficult platformers uh, when we were all a lot younger, and oh, yeah. uh, you know games exp- demanded more from us out of those cartridges than they <laughs> yeah. do these days. So if you're looking for that kind of challenge and that look and feel, and also just some nice, some nice modern sensibilities in some ways, I think that game is real cool. Real awesome! Good. I'm gonna check. And that it's out. on everything yeah, too. Same. Looks it looks really, really cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, it's on everything. So if you got a switch, you got a PC, you got a console, whatever, Sweet. it's all all that stuff. So there you go. Awesome. Uh, so Derek, you want to go through your honorable mentions? Uh, yeah. Let me get my list up real quick. Uh, so in, in no particular order, uh, Crash Bandicoot Two: Cortex Strikes Back. My introduction to the Crash Bandicoot franchise. I remember because uh, I, I live in Northwest Florida when Hurricanes Aaron and Opal hit in the late '90s. We didn't have power at my house for weeks, so I would stay at my uncle's house and to entertain myself. He had a PlayStation, and that's where I was introduced to Crash Bandicoot Two. It's still my go-to Crash game. Um. Love the level design, the music's catchy, and it has the sentimental value. Uh, Donkey Kong Country, the original, I think, you know, one of the most iconic platformers of all time. The graphics were very much ahead of its time. Uh, Big deal when it came out because Donkey Kong, the character, hadn't been around for quite some time, really since the the arcade games, I think. So that, that was such a big deal, introducing the Kong family, like Diddy, Cranky, and others. Level design, really cool. Again, catchy music. Uh, Sonic 3. I, I put this just under Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which I'll talk about a little bit later on. Introduced Knuckles. Really fun game. Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island. A uh, little unique to the Mario franchise because you play as Yoshi instead of Mario. So it still has that Mario feel, but different enough to give you a, almost a brand new experience in that universe. And just because I love this game because it's so raunchy and I wish they would make a sequel to it is Conker's Bad Fur Day for the N64. <laughs> I, I just I love that Nintendo just did not care when this game came out because it was near the end of the N64's lifespan. And initially you're like, oh, it's going to be another cutesy platformer and you start playing it and you quickly realize it is not that. Hmm. So that's my those are my runner ups. So, Scott, I know you played Donkey Kong Country not too oh, long yeah. ago, and I still have my copy for the Super Nintendo, and I play it all the time. But, man, that game is it it's harder yeah. than you remember it being. It, it oh, is it's way harder than yeah. you remember. That thing about that game compared to, say, Diddy, the Diddy follow-up, and then the other one with Dixie Jennifer Kong. Yeah, I was I always want to call her Jennifer Kong, and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she had her stupid hair move. But anyway, that care or that um those two other games, I think were just more approachable. And I think that third one's actually maybe my favorite. It's just, it was so late in the cycle. We were well into N64 territory. We were into that 
that whole move. And I don't think people even noticed that game coming out, but it was actually really, really strong. But that first one is a torture chamber. It's really hard. And I've still and, never beat it to this day. Yeah, I don't I hardly know anyone who has. I know people have. I've seen some some speed runs that are really impressive, but yeah. there's a minecart sequence in that game <laughs> that makes you want to burn down the city. It's horrible. Yeah. Horrible I think I stuff. had a few dents in the wall of my bedroom uh back in high school when that game came out because <laughs> because of that level. Well, and that game's another good example of let's bridge the gap between the 2D and, and 3D eras. So even though it was still a two-dimensional game. It was like this middle ground where it introduced these 3D rendered pre-rendered sprites that were then used in the game. And it gave it this look that was unreal at the time. It was just like, wow, what is this? Still some um, of the best looking backgrounds in any 2D game I've ever seen. Oh, I totally, totally agree with that. Absolutely. Um, if And it, I'm, I am surprised how much the gameplay holds up. And I think the subsequent 3D follow-ups to the Donkey Kong Country series are excellent games. Like mm -hmm. the Wii games are always a little bit hindered i think by the you know they had to cram wii motion motion control crap in them but uh the one that was on the wii u and i think is now on the switch i forgot the name of it is it, it tropical freeze might be it i think that's i it, think that's yeah. it that's a really good game and uh very true to i think the the spirit of that original game as well so i think that's a great runner up those games are those are classic they're uh, awesome my runners up are bro force which... oh dude Oh, that's the game. That's the game that got me back into retro gaming. Is Broforce? That game is so good. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, it's great. What do we talk? I mean, we're not even that far from well, oh five. So it's been or not oh five. Sorry, twenty fifteen. Yeah. So it's been like seven years, eight years, whatever. So man, that, that is an amazing game. I love that. Game. I can't, if nobody's ever, if you if you're listening to this and you've never played Broforce, just go try it out. It. It's so incredibly satisfying to play. I, I don't oh, yeah. have any don't, other word for it. The satisfying. Don't sleep on Broforce. Broforce is an incredible game. It's it's not only great in its own right. It is extremely made for people who love retro gaming. Mm -hmm. Like they know that in going into it, but they but they made a game that is really special. Like it's an incredible game. All these years later, I wish that Dev had made some sort of follow up. Yeah, uh, to that they they haven't. Um, which is a bummer, but they, they are doing some other stuff and that's kind of interesting, but yeah, an incredible game. If you're really a fan good. of retro gaming and eighties action movies, like this is yeah. the game for you. Like that's yeah. all there is to it. Yeah. Or even nineties for that matter. They got, yeah. you know, uh, they basically have these bro force versions of every movie character you can think of. So, you know, Robocop instead of Robocop, uh, which is just a little, pixelated Peter, Peter Weller running around as Robocop, yeah, but they've got like Nebro, Neo and yeah, Nebro. Yeah, Nebro. Yeah. It's really great. Like some of that stuff is just delightfully bro. <laughs> like just kind of stupid in a way, in yeah. a great way. It's, it's really great. Uh, and my other runners up are of course, Super Mario brothers. It's, I know it's not in my top five, but you, I mean, it's the granddaddy of all platformers. It's, it's one of the greatest games ever made. Yeah. Um, I love it. Of course, Castlevania, the original Castlevania. I still love that game. DuckTales for the NES is still one of my favorites. And the one that I know people are going to be surprised it's not on my actual top five, but Super Mario Brothers 3. It's mm. still probably one of my favorite NES games. I think it's an important NES game. It's the bridge between what Super Mario Brothers 2 did and Super Mario World. And it's not a perfect game, but it's damn near perfect for 
uh, the Nint- the NES. Yeah. But uh, so Agreed. now we're going to go into the top five. So uh, do you want, I guess we'll just each take turns. We'll start with Scott and we'll just go down our list and we'll take sure. turns. So my favorites, well, you've mentioned some of them. Um, I'll start with number one for me. Super Mario World 1 is, I think, my favorite platformer of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think that game is, well, it's it's widely considered one of the greatest ever. So this is no shock. And, you know, nobody's going to be like, ooh, look at Scott and his hot take about Super <laughs> Mario World. But I just feel like that thing transitioned from the 8 to 16-bit era in style. And it's still really fun to play to this day. My favorite Mario Maker levels are the ones people are making based on Super Mario World. And that uh, look and feel, I just think it they just nailed the precision, the precision gameplay and all that stuff. So I that's easily number one. I think if you had bought a Super Nintendo back in the day and that's all you got was was Super Mario World, I, I feel like mm-hmm. you would have got your money's worth for the Super Nintendo yeah, oh, just off that game. Yeah, I agree. And there are people who literally that's all they ever got. You know, like yeah. there, I, I, I had friends who got a Super NES and were like, well, this is just my Mario machine. And maybe later it was their their Street Fighter, their Super Street Fighter Two Turbo machine or something. But <laughs> to begin with, you know, it was all about that. And um, man, what a great game! It just gave me so much. To this day, it gives me so much joy just to fire that up. I played it recently on the the Switches. Uh, I don't want to say Virtual Console, but that's not what they call it anymore. But they're they're paid. You yeah, know, the play these old games. Switch thing. online. Yeah, Switch online thing, and it's it's really great. Holds up uh, to this day. So I really love that one. Uh, very close to that. Number two would be Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't expect to like that game at all. I thought I was going to hate that game. <laughs> but I think that game not only is uh, what is wonderful at the time, I think it holds up today in a very special way. I think more than some of those other SNES games we all think of and love, that game still looks incredible. Mm-hmm. It's got this like crayon art look to it which is hard to pull off on a 16-bit console, I think. And that still looks really good. The amount of things you get to do and the behaviors of like different mechanics in the world and stuff just really set that game apart. Um, so for me and my money, Super Mario World 2 is just rad. I love that game. Except when Mario cries because it's the most <laughs> annoying sound on this planet. It's really annoying. Like it sucks. It's yeah. the worst. But it motivates you to never have him fall off his back. So yeah. <laughs> I was about to say the same thing. It definitely motivates you. Yeah. You never want that dude off there and uh, you'll do whatever it takes to keep him on. So <laughs> um, been playing that recently as well and having a really, really good time with it. Um, my third one's going to be a weird one, not a weird one, just maybe uh, obscure, but I had, there was a game I had on my Apple two E when I was in junior high called as my dad's computer, but it was called uh, hard hat Mac. And um, Hard Hat Mac was like kind of, well, I wouldn't, I won't say it was ripping off uh, the original Donkey Kong, but it kind of was like that was a new thing back then, you know, games where you had platforms at all and you'd solve like a screen, go to the next screen, do it and solve that screen, go to the next screen, that kind of structure that, that was Donkey Kong. That's kind of what Hard Hat Mac is. The difference is you were this, this little construction dude with a hard hat, funny enough. And uh, you uh, you did all kinds of wacky stuff in there. It's a, it's a difficult game to describe, but um, anyone who's played it will know that it was it was pretty special for what it was. And if you had a Commodore 64, you probably had it. 
If you had the, uh, like I said, one, either the Apple II or Apple IIe, they both were famous for being hard hack mat, Mac uh, machines. And uh, I don't know if I ever saw it go anywhere else. It always felt kind of indie and small. Yeah, I had a Commodore 64, but I don't, I don't remember that game. We had the Apple IIe's in our computer uh, lab in my elementary school, but the only thing we ever got to play was Hangman and uh, um, Oregon Trail. <laughs> That's all we ever played. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's an unusual, um, uh, it's an unusual game that you're not going to find anywhere. And if you're in a school where the, you know, the teachers of the lab has, have it super locked down, you're kind of going to be hosed anyway. So, yeah, but I was in third grade, scared to death. I was going to die of dysentery. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, numbers, that's three. Number four, um, I'm going to give it to kind of an odd one. And I hope this can still count. Um, but I don't know if you guys played it. It's a newer game. It's not super old. It's called Celeste. And uh, this game is is retro gaming uh, made new. Um, so if you looked at it you'd, and somebody said to you, hey, that game was made in 85. Trust me, you'd believe them. It's It looks old. But it wasn't. It was made not, not that too many years ago. Um, basically... Your job is to take this character. Her name is Madeline and you got to climb a mountain and beat all your fears to do it. Think super meat boy levels of difficulty. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. The screenshots of this looks very, uh, super meat boyish. Yeah, it is very much. So, um, it's difficult. I think in all the right ways and it's got an amazing story connected to it which I don't want to give anything away about because I think it's, it's just Brad. Um, so yeah, if I was, if I was to, you know, pull one a little bit like your, a little bit like uh bro force, it's like, you know, it's newer and it's whatever. But to me, that game uh, exemplifies what a great 2d platforming experience can be like, despite the difficulty spikes, it's just uh, a joy to play. As long so as really it's not as game. hard as super meat boy, that game gave me panic attacks. <laughs> I could, I, that game was so Gave a hard. lot of us panic attacks. Yeah. I mean, I played, mm, I don't know how long I played Super Meat Boy. I almost beat that game. Didn't quite. But I, my kids all claim this is the first time they heard me swear real loud. <laughs> and um, it may be true because I remember being so pissed at that freaking oh, yeah. game. I just about threw my 360 through a window at one point. It was yeah. just insane. And they've never quite gotten back to that. Um you know, what made that, that series great. But anyway, uh, all right. You ready for number one here? Sure. Let's do it. All right. Uh, I think then and I was really tempted by the way to like go, Oh, but yeah, but this other game's not quite retro. It's not whatever, but I decided to go way, way back. And for me, the best of all time is super Mario brothers three. Now I will say the three was kind of late in the, in the life cycle of this, of the NES. And I was annoyed with it at the, at the time because I didn't like the art changes they were making. Mm -hmm. um, two was just weird and wasn't even really a Mario game. They, you know, just kind of painted it up to look like Mario and reselled it. Forgot the name of the original, the Japanese Doki, game. Doki, Doki, Doki Panic. Doki Panic. There it is. Doki Doki Panic. Um, is that why that new literature club thing is called Doki Doki Literature Club? I don't is know what, what Doki Doki stands for in Japanese. I'm not sure either. I wonder if that's a reference to that because that thing's also a big troll, like a big troll move. That game, it's it's meant to be. You think it's one thing, but it's yeah. something else. And so I wonder if they're. I just it just occurred to me maybe they're riffing on that. I don't know, but anyway, 
so I kind of just gave it the back of my hand, didn't think about it and didn't play it. And by then was also moving on to some Sega stuff. And I was just like, whatever, I'm not playing a new Mario game. And I really blew it off. And that was a mistake. My rediscovery of it was actually on the Game Boy Advance mm-hmm. on an SP. Um, I picked up Game Boy Advance, or I'm sorry, Game or uh, Super Mario Brothers Advanced 4, it was called. But that was Super Mario Brothers 3. <laughs> so their numbering was weird. But um, that game included a revamped sort of um, updated, you might call it remastered, I suppose, in today's terms, version of Super Mario Brothers 3, as well as the original Super Mario Brothers single screen competitive co-op thing he used to do with you and Luigi. Yeah. And they, and they buffed up all the graphics of all of it to feature super NES or in this case, game boy advanced style graphics, slow scrolling backgrounds, deeper color depth, um, more pixels per character, all those sorts of things. It was probably, and that's why same thing that they used for the uh, super Mario all-stars. Yes. A lot. Like, in fact, it's just like that. I think, mm-hmm. I think it's almost the exact same process. It is. Um, yeah. So they, so that's where I discovered the gameplay of that game and regretted never playing it. It was so good and I loved every second of it and I still play it today and I'll play it on, you know, wherever and get my hands on it. Um, I kind of prefer that version though, because that's what I'm used to looking at. So when I see the old NES one, I'm like, Ooh, this does not age very well. Just a lot of blinky and slow down and you know, whatever they were really pushing what the NES was capable of. Uh, Rampage in the chat room said, according to Google, Doki Doki is the sound of a beating heart. Oh, well then, so you got two two totally unrelated Doki Doki games then, I'm guessing. <laughs> so Beating Heart uh, Panic is what nice. Super Mario Beating Brothers heart panic. was. Yep, and Bur- Birdo. We got Birdo yeah. out of that game. <laughs> Shy Guys. But, uh, <laughs> he's pretty great. But anyway, uh, oh yeah, Shy Guys, that's right. Yeah, That's where they yep. started, right? Mm-hmm. Those are legit, like, you know, legit mario dudes now they 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 live on as does birdo in my heart i use shy guys when i uh in mario kart that's my favorite characters to use they're pretty great i like them because they're well they're just basically ghosts with uh the face of those things and spirited away to eat the furniture and throw it up what's that thing called (laughs) i don't remember that's called i've been wanting to watch that movie i think they're doing a uh, fathom event for that movie oh are they that makes sense People love that movie. I, I found it disturbing and difficult to watch, but whatever. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so that one really still to this day, even though I have this weird relationship with it, it's it's just a masterful version of what Mario is and can be. And I really, I truly, every time I play a 3D one, like I love Odyssey. I love all the new 3D ones. We're talking 2D today, so this would be a different list if we were talking 3D, but um, I love them all. I think uh, Mario 64 is an incredible m- moment in gaming history and, and, and was the gap that bridged or the bridge that, no, how do I put this? That's the game that bridged the gap yeah. in 3D platforming 100% all the way and deserves all the credit it gets. But if we're talking 2D, even the 3D games to me have, have notions and tastes of three in them. Like I'll play Odyssey and go, well, this overworld bit here reminds me of the first time I played three, you know, or, or whatever playing, playing world had that also had the overworld and everything, but there's something about three, there's DNA in there. Oh yeah. It got carried throughout the series. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Me and Derek have discussions about this all the time. Like, you know, I always flop back and forth on what's my favorite super Mario three or super Mario world. 
But I think, like you said, it's the DNA of everything we know about Mario now started in three. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. yeah, I think it's uh, it's a one heck of a game and worth playing today in 2022. Uh, these all are, but I, I, you know, oh, I yeah. feel like those those top five, I'd be happy on a desert island with all those in my hand. That'd be great. Hey, guys, we got to tell you about B-Res Coffee Company. Made by gamers for gamers right here on the Gulf Coast in Pensacola, Florida. No matter what your taste in coffee are, they got you covered. You like light or medium roast? Try the Necromedium Holy Grail Light or Stamina Boost. They can even add flavors to your coffee like iCast Fireball, which is a fireball whiskey flavor. If you like darker roasts like I do, then try the Critical Dark or Coup Slayer Mocha Roast or the Gamers on the Edge Esports Roast. They even have holiday-inspired roasts like Fall Spice, Sweet Tooth, or the Muffin Man. Do you know the Muffin Man? <laughs> Can't decide what you want for those all-night gaming sessions? Then try one of their specialty sample packs. All roasts are made with fair trade Colombian beans. So stop buying all that crappy coffee from the grocery store and head over to brezcoffeecode.com and use our code NCR for 10% off of your order. What about you, Derek? You want to go down your list? Sure. So my number five, and it's funny because Jason and I had this discussion when we decided we were going to do this list. He asked me if I considered this game to be a platformer, and I said yes, because it has platforming elements in it. But Super Metroid is my number five. To me, still the pinnacle of the Metroid series, with Metroid Prime being a very close second. But when I think of that franchise, I I picture Super Metroid. You know, it has everything from improved gameplay from the original. The graphics still hold up. The colors look beautiful. And this is from a time when... We're far from 1080, you know, definition, Mm -hmm. you know, it still holds up, looks great, plays really well. It's a game that I can just sit down and just get immersed in anytime. And that's, I agree. It's been that that way since the nineties. Kind of a Metroid fusion guy, but. Oh, love that game. Yeah. So underrated. Yeah. I can't, I can't deny how important super Metroid is though. And, I, and I, if, if we were talking, hey, Metroidvania is your top five, Super Metroid, Metroid Prime, and maybe even, uh, what's that one? There's another, oh, the, even the new Metroid. I would, I would yeah. probably put those all on my, on my, I'd be out of room. I'd have all five would be Metroid games. I love them so much. They're so that good. That new one is so damn hard. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. They added an easy mode. Uh, they patched it. So you yeah. can now run through that whole thing on an easy mode, which, you know, some people are, <laughs> grumbly about but uh i'm all for it i'm like dude that game's freaking hard like oh, you, make, you know make it slightly easier please would be nice <laughs> yeah uh, my number four is donkey kong country 2 we talked about the original a little while ago as much as i love the first one and it probably has a little more sentimental value to me i find myself if i play a donkey kong country game i go back and play two because it might be a cop-out, but it's not as frustratingly hard as the first one is. Hmm. But the music's a little bit better. I like the level design a little more. I like the story of trying to rescue Donkey Kong. I like the, the kind of pirate theme that you have, you know, that follows you throughout the game. Uh, it just, it, to me, it's the pinnacle of the Donkey Kong Country series. And as you know, you mentioned earlier, Scott, even the newer games are great, but mm-hmm. I, I go back to donkey kong country 2 diddy's conquest any day it's very good i still the third one edges it out like i mentioned earlier but 
those those two games are great. They perfected the formula. They were criminally under underplayed at the time because uh, you know, kids had moved on. People had moved on to N64s at that point, or at least, you know, started to. And it felt like, well, I'm not buying a SNES game. That's an old console now. Um, but in retrospect, those are they're amazing games. They're so good. I reviewed the third one a while back and I, I hadn't played it probably since it originally came out. And it was much better than I remembered. Like I actually thoroughly enjoyed going back and playing three. Yeah, it's really good. It's very good. My number three, it's my only 3D game on the list, but to me, it's 3D platforming perfection. And that is Banjo-Kazooie, developed by Rare. And I I know Mario 64 gets a lot of credit for laying the groundwork of what a good 3D platforming game is, and deservedly so. But to me, Banjo-Kazooie has everything I want in a 3D platformer. It's got an unbelievable variety of levels from you know, a a pirate cove to being inside a giant garbage masher to being at an old shipyard, fun collectibles. I I love the Banjo-Kazooie universe. And I even think Banjo-Tooie was extremely underrated, even though much like Conquer, it came out near the end of the N64 lifespan. So everyone had kind of moved on from it. But the Banjo series, I wish Rare would go back and make a true Banjo-Kazooie 3 because I can play this game any time and just be thoroughly satisfied. Yeah, those games are good. I don't know if you played the um, the 360 redos. The 360 mm-hmm. has remasters of that, and those are also available on Game Pass now, even on a Series X or a PC. And they are freaking great. Um, even the newer one they made, Nuts and Bolts, an excellent mm-hmm. game. Very different game. Like a very different approach. In some ways, it's like, you know, this thing we we described with 3D Sonic Blast, or we talked about, uh, um, you know, I don't know, game like Super Mario Two, even where he's pulling up turnips and throwing them at Birdo. <laughs> These are weird ideas, but sometimes weird works, or at least gives us a minute to do something a little bit different. And I thought Nuts and Bolts did that, but yeah, those games are. Those games are classic for a reason. I, I, I agree with you. I do feel like there's no Banjo-Kazooie without Mario 64. Agreed. Uh, because, you know, there's a line there of like, they launch with Mario 64. It blows everybody's mind. Now the 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 world can see what's possible in 3D uh, and what can be improved because there's a lot of camera stuff that needed improvement from Mario 64. <laughs> and Banjo swooped in a couple of years later and said, yeah, so here's our improvements. And they killed it. It was amazing. It's a great game. Well, Jason and I have talked about this numerous times. The It's a shame that Rare and Nintendo don't work together anymore because mm. that was just the perfect marriage of of developers. They just made so many great games together. Yeah, I wish they, I mean, I don't know, Microsoft's probably willing, but I, I do wish kind of that that stuff had sort of stayed where it is. Although, I don't know, Microsoft seems really interested in, in turning Rare into a, a, a great developer again. If they can do that, I'll, I'll be happy. I have a I feeling know. that Microsoft is way more willing to work with Nintendo than Nintendo is to work with Microsoft. Or, or anyone else for that matter, yeah. 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 <laughs> they, the Microsoft's basically said, look, we'll put our stuff everywhere. Who wants us? Nintendo's like, that's weird. We're doing our own thing and we're bad at internet. So goodbye. And yeah. just is what it is, I guess. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Yeah. My number two is Sonic the Hedgehog 2. The pinnacle of 2D Sonic, in my opinion. It took what makes great sequels great is when you take the foundation that the original lays 
and you add enough to where you're not playing a completely different game, but enough to add to the experience of the first one. And I, I really like Sonic 1, but 2 is just on another level, and it's very important to the Sonic franchise. It, in, it introduces the character of Tails, who has become very important to the Sonic franchise. But the graphics are just a little bit better. The level design is, to me, far better than Sonic 1. And it's, we talked about it earlier, the 2D Sonic games are chaos. Mm -hmm. Because unlike Mario, you just run through a level as fast as you can, unless you're trying to collect all the chaos emeralds, and then you have to stop to go through the special stages. But fun boss designs, great you know, music tracks, beautiful graphics still to this day, very bright and vibrant. I, I love Sonic the Hedgehog too. And to me, it is very unlikely that this will ever not be my favorite Sonic game of all time. I think that's fair. That game was pretty rad. And the two player stuff was pretty innovative as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You could argue, I think you could argue that the series maybe peaked there. Um, as much as I like the addition of Knuckles later, and you know, there's some other stuff I like about the series. I think that that and Sonic CD are are the high points for me. Amazing. CD game. is very good too. Yeah. Very good game. Yeah. Number one is Super Mario World. Uh, for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned earlier, Scott, this is it was the perfect bridge between you know the NES and the Super Nintendo. From the moment and this still happens to this day when I turn that game on and you hear that dun, 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 I just <laughs> I, I just my ears perk up and it makes me smile like I can you know how you have those certain games that you can almost flash back to where you were mm -hmm. 20 30 years ago when you played it for the first time I can remember the layout of my old room in the first house I lived in playing Super Mario World oh yeah it's and magic man that game was magic yeah, when it came out so good it's Jason and I use this term quite often, the Nintendo magic. Yeah. And I can't think of maybe Link to the Past is the only other one I can think of that has that that perfect Nintendo magic. You, know, you introduce the character of Yoshi, beautiful, bright, vibrant graphics. And I especially notice it, you know, even now on the Switch. There's just I can't say anything bad about Super Mario World. Like to me, it is the perfect platforming game yeah it's it very me, good takes me right like you said that that opening dun, 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 that opening bit just takes me right back to christmas morning 1991 <laughs> playing that for the first time just seared in my memory yeah it's hard to beat yep. those kinds of experiences and it's what makes retro so fun is mm -hmm. these moments that are just burning your head that game is is one of those games and you can hear it today and go I'll play that all over again right now. Let's go. I'm ready. Yeah. All right. For my number five is, of course, Ninja Gaiden for the NES. I love well, look that Look at game. you going all hardcore right out of the door. I like it. <laughs> that game was my white whale for 30 years trying to defeat that game. I defeated it for the first time like three years ago, and I started speed running it, and uh, I entered a speed running competition uh, last year, year before, I think my time was like 23 minutes, 41 seconds. And um, I played it a few weeks ago offline, and I know I defeated it in less than 20 minutes. So I'm going to try to start doing some more speed runs online to see if I can get below 20 minutes. If I can get below 20 minutes, I'll be happy. 
That's amazing. That game's really hard, man. Yeah, really it hard. is. The game is a lot of just the secret to that game is just don't stop. Just yeah. do not stop. Just keep going. And I would highly recommend watching some tutorials on how to defeat the final boss because there's three stages to that boss fight. And if you die on any one of those stages, you get sent all the way back to the beginning of that last <laughs> level. It's terrible, but it forces you. You're so angry. <laughs> At that point, you're like, I'm going to finish this crap. Yeah. No, that's good. I admire anybody who can beat Ninja Gaiden. I feel like those games were made to make your life miserable. Oh, yeah. But it's so yeah. good. The controls are just so tight and just, I don't know, the music. Every stage had a different uh, theme to it. It was just a, such a well-made game. They just they hated children back then by making the, the final <laughs> boss so hard. Um, number four, we got Mega Man 2. I love Mega Man 2 so much, and... It's one of those games that it it's not as hard as the as somebody uh, a lot of the other Mega Man games but it's all just paper rock scissors. That's all it is. If you can master which one which boss to do first and use that boss's powers on, you know, the next boss like what order to do those bosses in, it's not that hard of a game. Mm. Uh, number three is Goblin Sword, and me and Derek both love this game. Have you ever played this game, Scott? No. Uh, why is that not? There's something vaguely familiar about it, but I don't think I know what that is. It's an indie game that came out. Uh, what? When did it come out, Derek? Like 2019, I think. Uh, yeah, 19 sounds right. Uh, it's available on uh, the Switch. And uh, it was released in, um, well, for iOS, it was released in 2014. Uh, it mm. came out on the Switch in 2020, uh, February of 2020. This game is so fun, and just the controls are like butter. The, the double jump and, it, like, just, it's everything that you want in a platformer. The controls you want in a platformer. And the the finding the little secrets in each level, trying to get you know all the 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 chests and the all the the diamonds and everything, and then going back and upgrading your character. It's got like RPG elements to it, where you get better armor and better swords. I can't, it, I I just can't recommend this game enough. I play it all the time. That sounds like a good time. I don't know why I haven't heard of this. I usually stay pretty close to those kinds of small games. And I, I think I've you'll love it. It's, yeah, you should play it. It's okay. so good. I'm in. Uh, number two, of course, Super Metroid. Uh, I had to send Derek that text a couple of weeks ago. I was like, does this count as a platformer? And yeah, we agreed that it does. Even though it is, it, it's the beginning of that, you know, the Metroidvania thing where there's a lot of uh, there's maze work, there's a lot of backtracking, but there is a lot of platforming. The game is gorgeous, the gameplay is is perfect. It's one of the best games you can get for the Super Nintendo. I think it's in that top five games that you have to have for the Super Nintendo. Uh, and then, of course, my number one. I always go back and forth between Super Mario Bros. 3 and this game, but it's Super Mario World. There's just something about this game that's just absolute perfection when it comes to controls, the way the game looks, the way it plays. 
I could play this game at there's no point in my life where I would never say, no, I don't want to play Super Mario World. I will play this game till the day I die and be happy with it. It's Nintendo perfection. Yeah, I I mean, I feel like we all kind of landed in the same zone on that. It's as good as they've ever done in that or in that 2D arena, without question. And it are and it rivals the 3D stuff. Oh, like yeah. as much as as much as I like where Mario's gone, 3D Super Mario 3D Land on the 3DS is a high watermark for me. Odyssey's a huge deal. Like, I love those games, and I would recommend to anybody to play them. But if you're like, do you want, like, the raw primordial ooze that is amazing Nintendo Magic mm-hmm. platforming? Play World, man. Yeah. It's good. And you know 64 was was very influential on the 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 future of the 3D Mario series because uh, when you beat Odyssey... You can go back and and to the Nintendo sixty four castle, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of that game. Mm-hmm. I hung out there way too long. Yeah, I spent a bunch of time there. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, for no for no good reason, by the yeah. way. For the record, <laughs> I just you didn't really want to leave that jacked. game. I was having so much fun with it. I didn't want to leave. I yeah, didn't want it to be over. That game was is if any if I had any complaint about Odyssey, it was that it was too short, and I didn't do a complete one hundred percent. So I could go back even today and try to get every last you know what were they start no they weren't stars what were they this time um what was they it weren't hats mm. you had your hat but you threw it at stuff that would lose it works like the stars but what were yeah, they What's i don't remember now <laughs> crap i'm looking whatever whatever this game's version was yeah. <laughs> of getting stars i i never did 100 that but part of me moons moons, moons. that's right there you go. Well, I know we're up on the hour, but uh, we have some listener top fives. Do we have you just for a few more minutes, Scott? Yeah, so no problem. Let's do it. Uh, so from these are from our listeners that we threw out on our Discord and our Patreon. Um, to start us off, we have Mr. Carlos Longoria. I am the Rampage, who says, Rampage. I'm going to keep this in the 16-bit era to make my list easier. Uh, number five, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Number four, Kirby Superstar. I, I don't remember Kirby Superstar. I forgot all the Kirby games are so good. I, I feel bad that my list doesn't have yeah. a Kirby game on it. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I didn't play Kirby until I reviewed Kirby for the Nintendo uh, about a year or so ago. Because I always had this notion that Kirby was like a kid's game. And yeah. it's, it is, but it's so fun. No, it's so good. That new mm-hmm. one, by the way, is really good, too. Like, I really want to play this- it. I yeah. bought that the second it was available. It's like, <laughs> I can't wait to play more Kirby. Kirby is ridiculous. Kirby is cute. Kirby is weird. Yeah. Kirby is Kirby is life. I love Kirby. Uh, his number three is Donkey Kong Country 1. Number two is Super Mario World. And his number one is Mega Man X1. I Oof. was not a fan of the Mega Man X games. They were okay. I just thought they were so punishingly hard. I couldn't play those games. Yeah, I tried. Honorable mentions are Super Castlevania 4, Earthworm Jim 1 and 2, the Genesis versions, and Rocket Knight Adventures. Those are good games. Rocket Uh, Knight was cool. From Mr. Picola Asian himself, Brandon Rutledge. Uh, He says, honorable mentions, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Super Mario 64, Mega Man 2, Castlevania, Castlevania 3, Dracula's Curse. I'm surprised that one didn't end up on the list here somewhere. Uh, And Donkey Kong Country. His number five is a tie between Super Mario World and Super Mario Brothers 3. Uh, Ninja Gaiden, New Super Mario Brothers Wii, 
That that one actually is really good. That's one of it the is only, yeah, super they're good. They're fun. One of yeah. the few Wii games that I really really liked. They're excellent. You know, I didn't think of that one either because it plays 2D as well. It would have yeah. been perfect for this list. But it's uh, the the version that was on the Wii U got remastered for the Switch, and that version's great. Mm-hmm. Highly I recommend that it. One. I need it's to. real good. Yeah, yeah, that's an awesome game. They're all good, but I love those. Those are excellent games. Uh, number two, we have another vote for Mega Man X. Maybe I need to go back and reevaluate the, the Mega Man X games. Uh, and then number one is Super Castlevania 4. Uh, and he says, peace out and play Final Fantasy Jason. And uh, I do have to say that we did get a from a, an anonymous donor this week. You know who you are. Sent us 500 bones Jeez. to the show <laughs> and uh, demands that I play Final Fantasy 7. So I will play a Final Fantasy game here soon. You going to play the old one or are you going to play that remake? I think I'm going to do the old one because they have it available for the Switch. And yeah. uh, I, I was back and forth between that and the remake for the PS4. So I, I'm going to have to flip a coin, see which one I'm going to get. That remake, um, I've been tempted to get it on the PS5 and just play the damn thing. But yeah. part of me is like, do I really want to play a big, long <laughs> square game right now? But also, I'm, you earlier, the way you said it, it sounded like you called it uh, Final Fantasy Jason, and I'm all about a game called Final <laughs> Fantasy Jason. Right? I've never played a Final Fantasy game, and we have a running joke with our listeners that I will never play a Final Fantasy game ever. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm back and forth on that stuff. I'll play yeah. here and there. I played the MMO, which I quite like, but I'm not like super hooked into it or anything. See, I'm like you. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of anime, and it seems very anime-ish to me. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. it is. Like <laughs> very anime. If you don't like anime storylines and characterizations and stuff, and that's a real showstopper for you, <laughs> you're probably not going to like Final Fantasy. Any any Final Fantasy. I love I mean, your. They're anime. all that way. I love your anime impression too. The oh. <laughs> yeah. Anytime uh, that starts happening. In fact, I was playing Sonic Adventure the other day, and that game starts with him going, uh, uh, irritated me. It's like I was uh, th- I was hoping he'd say, I need a chili dog or some other yeah. dumb 90s rad thing, but instead he said, uh, and it annoyed me. And we have Mr. Tyler Watson, who comes in at number five with Super Castlevania 4. Uh, said it uh, may not be the best game in the franchise, but it's still his favorite and his introduction to the series. Um, let's see. Number four is Mega Man two, arguably the best game in the series. I will wholeheartedly agree with that. Uh, Donkey Kong country two Diddy's conquest. Uh, said DKC two vastly improved upon one more and bigger stages, more bonus stages, new animal companions, and even a hidden challenge world that would give you the secret ending. If you complete it, I didn't know that game had a secret ending to it. Mm -hmm. I didn't either. Yep. Yeah. That's news uh, to me. Number two, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Uh, do you have a game that you play for pure relaxation? A game you can just turn off your brain to and enjoy for the pure fun of it? Sonic 2 is just that. I can't relax to Sonic games. Like, how are you <laughs> relaxing to that? I mean, I admire if you can relax to a Sonic game, I don't know. I have the wrong Sonic <laughs> games, I guess. You're drinking too much coffee, yeah. sir. Yeah. You have uh, to be wired a little different to be relaxed at a Sonic game. Drinking too much yeah. B Res coffee, which if you go over and use our code NCR for a 10% <laughs> off of your purchase. Uh, number one, Super <laughs> Mario World. What could he say about this game that hasn't already been said? It cements its legacy as, as the greatest Mario game ever. By improving on and adding to the games that came before, it truly showed the gulf 
uh, between 8-bit and 16-bit and why you needed a Super Nintendo. I couldn't have said it better myself. Like, that game, yeah. even if you just got a Super Nintendo and that's all you got was that game, it made it worth it. I mean, yeah. Uh, 100%. Yeah, system, system sellers usually is what they call them, and that is the definitional one right there. And yep. our last one, we have Donner, Party of Five. Uh, number five, Celeste. Uh, yeah, he he mentioned Celeste there for you. Uh, Celeste is awesome. Says, tough yeah. as nails to 100% and deep, beautiful story about mental health. Yeah. yeah uh, it's really it's really something. That game deserves to be played if you've never played it. I don't know if anyone remembers the Towerfall game. Um, it's It was a four-player thing that started on the Ouya of all places. <laughs> Wow. But it was a really good game. Like that was maybe the only good game that Yuya had, and it ended up on PlayStation and other places pretty quickly after that. It's all over the place now. But that's that developer, and they know 2D platforming. They're real good. Oh yeah. Uh, number four, Hollow Knight, the best Metroidvania of the 2010s. Um, I don't think I ever played Hollow Knight. I don't know if I did or not. Hollow Knight and I have a have a weird relationship. Hmm. I picked it up and tried to play it like four times. <laughs> And every time I don't like it and I don't know why, because I, I believe people when they tell me it's the greatest thing ever. I just never have the good time I've been promised with that game. And I don't know why. I, I think it might on. be in my Steam library and I may have only played it like once because it's, it's on Game Pass. It's like so everywhere now, but yeah, it's just a beast. I can't explain it. I wish I liked it more and I'm, I feel bad that I don't. Uh, number three is Donkey Kong Country Returns. A beautifully done return to form rare should have been proud. I don't remember Donkey Kong Country Returns. Um, It was a... Was that the Wii game? I think it might have been. Have been. I think that's the Wii game. That's a good game. Like, it's just, it's legit a good game. I, I, I can't... I can't argue with that. I, I, I wish that more of those games would get remakes and they would just figure out a way to lose... All the stupid motion control stuff, if they yeah. could. Yeah, same. Number yeah. two, Little Big Planet. PlayStation needs to come back with this IP. I can't believe that didn't land on any of our lists because uh, Little Big Planet a, a, was a big deal there for a long time. Yeah. I think it's just we don't think of it as retro, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, and his Hard, number one on the list. is Mario yeah. Maker 2. It's endless. The content is endless. <laughs> That is true. Yeah. <laughs> You'll never not be able to play something in Mario Maker unless they turn the servers off and then you're screwed. Yeah. So before we go tonight, I did want to ask you, uh, what is your definition of retro? Because me and Derek kind of have a 20-year, like anything 20 years ago and, and before that is retro to us. Yeah, to me, so Brian and I have talked about this a lot. Um, we feel pretty strong that anything pre- well, we're kind of inching toward anything pre uh, 360. So we're almost ready to say it's cool to put PS2, GameCube, and uh, an Xbox original in there. Still so hard um, for me to which think is of about, those as retro, though. It's hard, I realize. <laughs> yeah, and I'm the same. Um, I, this has still been difficult for me. Like, I don't know. Because I would. Okay, let's look at it this way. Ten years ago, I would agree with you. But we're almost 20 years out on that stuff. So as soon as you're like 20 years out, I feel like you can start doing it, I think. Yeah. But we still stay kind of in the stable of like, you know, really ancient up through arcade, up through 16-bit consoles. That's kind of our zone. Neo Geo, I guess. Things like that. But for the most part, 
you know, we stay in that zone, but occasionally yeah. something will sneak in and you're like, Oh man, what's one of the great hockey games of all time. Sure. NHL 94 and all these 16 big games. But also, if you played NHL hits on the GameCube, because <laughs> that game rocked and it was 2002, mm-hmm. it's just barely retro enough for me to consider it. But we're we're, we're sneaking up on the, you know, like, uh, when did the 360 come out? Like 2006 or seven? 360 was 05, 05. here in the States. Yeah, Three well, more I guess years. Three more years and we're 20 wow. years from the beginning of the 360. That feels like two years ago. Yeah, it's jacked, man. It's yep. jacked up. I don't Everything like about it. that is Jack. I don't like. <laughs> I don't it. like it either. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but we're we're at the end of the episode, and Scott, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the show. We got to have you back more often than 170 episodes in between. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd be happy to. I always enjoy being here, and uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks a lot. No, thank you so much. So, you want to tell everybody where they can find your stuff at? Sure. If you're looking for uh, another cool retro show to add to your list, um, the more the merrier, I always say. Go check it out at frogpants.com slash free (laughs) play retro is the name of the show. Um, Make sure you, uh, you know, check it out on uh, wherever you get your podcast. So it doesn't have to be the website. You don't have to go there if you don't want to, but see what you think. And if you like that, you might like more of what's going on over there. There's all kinds of shows, all kinds of stuff happening. There's a whole art side to what I do. If any of that sounds interesting, check it out at frogpants.com. And if you're trying to poke me in public, you can find me on Twitter at Scott Johnson. And I will say that Core is has quickly become over the last couple of years my favorite gaming podcast. And I love what you guys are doing over there. Oh, thanks, man. We get that a lot. And I'm proud. To, I'm really happy to, to not only hear that, but I'm also really proud of it because that show is, you know, started out as a very specific Heroes of the Storm show. Mm-hmm. And uh, we changed focus when Blizzard changed focus <laughs> and um, made it gaming in general. And it's now the fastest growing thing we do. So um, I'm, I'm really happy to hear that because we are loving making that show. I really love the Dear Martha segments with John. <laughs> he did one one day with uh, it was the Russian version of the Dear Martha. And I was <laughs> yeah. driving on the interstate. I had to pull over. I was laughing so hard. I could. Yeah. I was laughing so hard I couldn't drive. I had to pull yeah. over. He's so. he's got away with that stuff, uh, no doubt, and he's he's he makes us all laugh constantly. So that you know, welcome to the club. John's a funny dude. But yeah, thank you for coming on the show. Go check out everything Scott does; it's all wonderful. And uh, Derek, what's uh, what's going on with feature presentation? So it'll be returning May sixteenth, which is on a Monday, and in the spirit of this show and as well as your other show open micers i'm going to be trying out a live format so i'm going to be live every monday night on youtube at 8 p.m chatting with uh indie filmmakers so if you're into that kind of thing just uh subscribe to feature presentation on youtube Uh, i'll be posting like a a mini episode probably the week before kind of explaining the format changes and things like that and if you want to follow the show on social media at Feature Prez Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, go check out the Open Micers podcast at Open Micers on Twitter. This week's show, we had Laura Faye Smith, the voice of Rosalina in the Mario series, came back to the show so we could do Easter candy tasting. And I think we sent uh, poor Jacob into a diabetic coma for the <laughs> night. So go check out that show. And uh, I just want to go ahead and say... Edible grass, which I have in my hand right here, is the nastiest stuff you will ever eat in your what life. What is that? It's edible grass. 
for the uh, Easter baskets, and it, it tastes like shredded styrofoam. Uh, That's horrendous. It was disgusting. Ugh, horrible I, I invention. It's awful. That's it's the worst really thing bad. ever. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and play our music and get out of here. If you'd like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro. And, of course, individually at jfunktastic, at Derek underscore diamond. And go follow Mr. Scott Johnson at Scott Johnson on Twitter ncrmerch.com is where you can go find all of our cool merchandise our t-shirts mugs stickers magnets whatever you need ncrmerch.com and our patreon patreon.com slash retro as little as a dollar a month keeps the lights on and you get those cool commentary tracks that we do every single month if you can't do that times are tough i know money's tight leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are given away for free so Derek, please tell them what it's all about May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Master Blaster runs by the town.